right now on Higher Journeys with Alexis Brooks. Hi, everyone. I'm Alexis Brooks from Higher Journeys. Thanks for joining me today. Before we get started talking about what I'm going to call five of the strangest phobias I've ever heard of and how they may be connected to UFO abduction, I want you to hear a quick message from me and then we'll dive right in. Be right back. Ascension, mind control, shadow work, the matrix, the great awakening, alien abduction, new earth, entity attachment, lies, truth, What do all these themes have in common? They're all happening right now. At the same time, we're in the middle of a dichotomous drama. Where do you stand in the middle of it all? If you want to understand what's really going on and how to succeed despite the challenges before us, then check this out. Get inside data in the areas of ascension and awakening, the planetary shift, the consciousness hijack, how to engage personal sovereignty, and even how to understand and integrate your encounters with the non-human realm. Learn from our presenters, reality shifter Cynthia Sue Larson, near-death researcher PMH Adwater, best-selling author Whitley Strieber, metaphysical warrior Robin McClendon, self-mastery coach Dylan Charles, and spiritual medium Barry Littleton. Equip yourself with the most cutting-edge info and insight available today. Then take advantage of my special spring sale offer. Get 30% off every workshop and presentation, but hurry, time's running out. Use the coupon code on your screen or in the description box below and take advantage of this rare opportunity to level up your life and experience powerful transformation. There are so many clues, I feel, for people that may be having contact encounters that are completely oblivious to them. In fact, I've talked about this over the years quite a bit. Uh, I am uh, so excited that I will be uh, getting the chance to talk about it a lot at the upcoming Contact in the Desert, Indian Wells, California, June 2nd through the 4th. I'll be doing both a presentation and a workshop, but the presentation will be focused on unconscious contact. Are you an experiencer and don't know it? Question mark. Are you an experiencer and don't know it? There are many, as I developed this thesis, uh, I I wanted to come up with not many, but quite a few clues, what I'm calling clues to contact. We're talking about the everyday individual that may not have the slightest interest or may uh, these days, a lot are in the UFO subject. Um, you're you're very typical. You know, we call them normies <laughs> these days. We're calling them normies. I, I don't like that word. But folks that are interested in anything but that may indeed be having contact. But what would be the clues? Well, one of the aspects that I'm going to be covering in my presentation over at Contact in the Desert has to do with phobias and. I've looked into this before. You may have heard me talk about this before, uh, where I talk about several phobias. Some of them are more common than others. One is much more common than we may realize, and that has to do with a fear of clowns. Now, I have talked about this before. It's called coolrophobia, coolrophobia, the fear and, and sometimes utter sheer terror of the sight of a clown, a picture of a clown, et cetera. But why? Where is this coming from? In fact, where do any or all of these phobias originate from? Many researchers, you know, so-called experts uh, don't know. They don't have any idea. They can only venture a guess. But this is one that I, when I first started studying the subject that I um, looked at uh, and in fact had talked about with Mary Rodwell on several occasions, well-known hypnotherapist and ET contact researcher, and her assessment, I tend to agree, has to do with the possibility 
that the fear, this incessant fear of clowns on the part of so many people has to do with what is known as screen memory. If you haven't heard the term before, very briefly, screen memory is uh, is this idea that if we are having contact with non-human intelligence, that they may be masking themselves as more familiar characters like a clown or a monkey. Terry, Terry Lovelace has talked about that on occasion where uh, during some of his very strange encounters, he thought he was looking at a circus monkey when in actuality it was the being. Uh, the, question, it, the questions are numerous when it comes to screen memory in terms of who is doing the masking. Is it our own brain that's trying to uh, shut the fear down, the fear factor of what you may actually be witnessing? Or is it the being themselves, the being itself, trying to mask itself uh, for, for a number of reasons? So the, the idea of the fear of clowns, coolrophobia, I find very interesting um, and, and frankly captivating as to looking at the deeper uh, the correlation between the phobia itself and a possible contact encounter, and if it could in part be due to, I think I'm seeing a clown, but under regression, what Mary Rodwell has found is that the individuals who, and in fact, there's one particular that I'm thinking of who was regressed deeply by Mary and uh, at the outset said that he felt that he was being approached by a clown. And when she had him go deeper, invariably, he began to describe what would be uh, termed as a typical gray, as an example. So this is uh, quite interesting to me. You know, it's interesting that um, there have been a lot of studies done on the, the phobia known as coulrophobia as to where it may be emanating from. And, and moreover, how many people actually have this fear? And I actually found some data from a gentleman named Philip Tyson from the University of South Wales this goes back to uh, just last year, actually, 2022, where he discovered, uh, he polled people from 64 different countries and found that 528 out of 987 respondents had this fear at some level. Now, that's about 54%. So we're not talking about a rare, although I would still consider it a strange, uh, a somewhat strange phenomenon or phobia. So this is something, in fact, I personally know people that have an utter uh, uh, fright of, of clowns. Even just the saying the word makes them cringe. So to me, very interesting. Let's go on to number two. Now this one, tell me if you've heard of this before, a fear of sunflowers. This is called helianthophobia, helianthophobia, fear of sunflowers. Now, how did this come up for me? dear friend of mine, I'm not going to mention her name, although she said I could. We were in conversation one day. Now, this is somebody that I know has had quite a few encounters, not necessarily extraterrestrial in nature, or as she would describe them. But some of the things, some of the clues that she has uh, uh, talked to me about, I call them clues, include, but are not limited to her utter disgust, more fear than disgust of sunflowers. Let's take a look at one. I'll put one on the screen right now. Obviously, they're beautiful to many people. I'm a gardener. I love them myself. But I can understand where this fear might emanate from if it could be linked to a contact encounter. My take is that they, when you look at the center of a, and some of these sunflowers can be, I don't know, a foot, close to a foot, maybe in some cases more in diameter. And what you see at the center is a very, very dark, 
circular sort of uh, uh, corona even. Well, not corona, that wouldn't be right, but a, a very dark hole, a black hole. Um, to me, does that not resemble some of the beings that are described as having these very, very deep, dark and round and large eyes, not to the least of which are the greys, but other species as, as well. The other thing is when you look at the circumference, the circular structure of these sunflowers, do they not in some cases re resemble some craft that have been described? So to me, this is something, again, none of these phobias I am definitively linking to contact encounters, but they they stri strike a curious chord in me, let's just say. This is something that I'll be going into even more uh, depth in at uh, Contact in the Desert for my lecture. Let's move on though. And, and you know, here's the interesting thing, guys. I think that there is a connection between some of these uh, phobias. The next one we're gonna talk about is fear of, get this, patterns or holes. It's called tripophobia. Let me just say it again, tripo phobia, tripophobia. I'll put the name on the screen. Fear of images with patterns or holes. Say for instance, a honeycomb. Hmm. Now, what I will say to you in terms of the correlation between one strange phobia and another, let's take the helianthophobia, the fear of sunflowers. When you look closely at a sunflower, what do you find? Particularly those that are very large in structure, you find these patterns of holes uh, where the sunflowers are actually growing and stored. And when you pluck them out, you, you kind of find almost a similar structure to a honeycomb as an example. Here's my take as a possibility. Many individuals who have been on board craft have reported seeing what they would describe as pods or sort of uh, these, these little compartments where human or human hybrids are being grown. I know this sounds extraordinarily outlandish and exotic, but indeed this is something that is not too foreign to the discussion of those that have been on craft that have reported to be on craft and what they have witnessed. And as I, and I have seen some pictures, I wish I could find something for you. Uh, if I can, I'll, I'll put something in post on the screen for you. But as I thought about this very, very strange phobia called tripophobia, patterns or holes or even bumps, two things came to mind. Not only are we talking about the possibility that these phobias are emanating from a fear of seeing something very strange. Imagine going in, going on board craft and seeing many describe sort of, sort of this laboratory environment uh, on board the craft where they literally see dozens and in some cases, hundreds of these little pods, these little compartments where some form of life is being incubated and grown. And in some cases, the witnesses, in this case, experiencers are brought on board craft later to find out they're connected to the hybrid babies that they're seeing, that they're witnessing um, uh, on board the craft. So it's very, very strange. So I do see a connection there. Let's move on to number four, fear of children, also called pedophobia, fear of children. Now it's reported, as I, I dug into a little bit of research, that this fear can go so deep that people will cringe even at an image or a video clip, uh, media clip 
uh, and certainly being around children, they will cringe. Where is this coming from? You know, I have to pause for a minute because look, in any case, any of these cases of, of these strange phobias, you could come up with some other explanation. In fact, obviously, those that are studying it, the psychology field specifically are taking a stab at where they think uh, these these fears are emanating from in terms of clowns. I think we mentioned coulrophobia, that the sort of trickster element and the you know uh, unpredictable element of a clown and how it's depicted could cause a young child to be afraid. And that later in life. And that could be true. And yet, I've yet to hear anyone directly link the phobias that we're talking about today uh, to to a possible alien abduction. So again, I want to stress that this is something that I'm not firm on, but I find very curious indeed. So we're now talking about pedophobia, fear of children. Where might this be coming from if it could be linked to an alien encounter or contact encounter even? Well, my first thought is, there, there are two thoughts that I have. My first thought is the possibility, you know, we, we, we've talked to many individuals I have personally who have had triggers to recall contact that happened as children. As a matter of fact, you know, many question the idea of contact happening in a vacuum or happening just once. It's often discovered that once an experiencer uh, recalls the contact that under certain conditions, particularly regression, hypnosis, that there has been a lifelong pattern emanating from childhood of contact encounters. And so that, uh, when I when I looked at this pedophobia, that came to mind. The other thing, as I, as I uh, think about the poss- possible link, are the idea of missing pregnancies. We've heard this before as well. Not just missing pregnancies, but, and that would include sperm as well as ova being taken uh, from a human uh, experiment, well, experiment, we're assuming it's it's some form of experiment, a victim, and perhaps being raised on board the craft uh, and hybridized. We don't know. There's so many moving parts to this aspect of uh, this whole idea of contact between human and non-human and for what purpose. But a lot of the contact encounters that have been reported and have been discovered uh, emanate from childhood, that they are lifelong indeed. So could it be, question mark, that the phobia, the very strange phobia of pedophobia, if your children may be emanating from uh, these childhood encounters and or missing uh, pregnancies. Fifth and final, we're going to just kind of moving right through this. And again, I want to urge each and every one of you to comment if you if you have one of these phobias, maybe you have more, maybe you have none, or just give me your thoughts on the correlation that we're making here. The fifth and final one that I'm going to talk about today, and by the way, at the lecture at Contact, I'll be going into a couple of more and linking in a little bit more uh, detail uh, my thoughts on how these may be connected to the abduction syndrome. But number five, is called somnophobia. I bet you can guess what that's about, somnophobia as an insomnia. And that's fear of sleep. Not fear of not sleeping, but fear of going to sleep. Other, uh, there are experts that have have talked about this idea. I I have a feeling this may be a little bit more common than we realize. I didn't, uh, wasn't able to get uh, exact numbers on um, how many they feel 
particularly in the United States, may be having. And certainly now with all that's been going on, of course, for the last several years, there's there's definitely a rise in insomnia. But the fear of actually falling asleep, which could be causing the insomnia, many experts are linking uh, them this phobia to symptoms that include sleep paralysis, uh, night terrors, not nightmares, but night terrors, and also sleepwalking. I was able to dig up a, a New York Times article back in 1999 where they referenced sleep paralysis in particular with how certain cultures, as they say, have kind of jumped to conclusions as to what they they're tying the sleep paralysis to, not the least of which are and have been alien abductions. So it's, it's very interesting that uh, a media outlet like the Times would entertain a piece like this in, in such great detail. It's actually a, a very lengthy article. If I can find it, I'll link it for you below, uh, where they had experts weigh in on the assessment of what uh, sleep paralysis may actually be due to. But the crux of the piece was really about how certain cultures have correlated sleep paralysis and things like it, even, even night terrors, to... Uh, more of a um, uh, mythology or a mythos having to do with, you, you may have heard the term old hag syndrome, that's also directly connected to sleep paralysis and how the old hag is the witch that comes in and in some cases sits at the end of your bed or sits on you and, and suffocates you. Okay. So there, there's lots of different um, iterations of, of the why to sleep paralysis and what people think may actually be happening. But I have to stress that as we look at this idea of somnophobia, fear of sleep, and the connection with sleep paralysis, night terrors, and sleepwalking, each and every one of those have also been inclusive of accounts that have been a given of those who believe themselves to have been uh, in contact uh, and with their encounters, you know, I'm going to bring up somebody here and I know he'll give me permission because he talked about it publicly on our show, uh, probably a couple of years ago. And that's Michael Carter, Reverend Michael J.S. Carter, who's been very courageous in talking about the, uh, trepidation that he has suffered, uh, and also the reward of, um, integrating his contact encounters and the way he's gone about doing that. But we did one episode, I want to say it was about two years ago where Michael was recalling um, some of the trepidation and fear that he, not recalling, that he's still working through. And one of those things had to do with falling asleep because some of the encounters, not all of them, but many of them uh, for him and for others involve being taken from your bed, being awakened out of a, uh, a heavy sleep and being, you know, phased through a wall and on, to, on board a craft. I mean, there are so many different accounts and different different versions of this uh, experience. But Michael Carter is one that admitted to me and to our audience that he still has a hard time turning off his lights when he's in his bedroom going going to sleep or trying to go to sleep because of uh, the the fear and the angst associated with some of the encounters that he has had, which started in his bedroom. So again, as a disclaimer, guys, there's no way I can say definitively that the phobias are absolutely and in all cases linked to alien abduction, but I find them indeed very, very, uh, very curious and worth exploring more. I'm going to say again, please comment and let me know what you think about these five. So we're let me, let's go over them again 
uh, one more time before we close out today. We started with coulrophobia, the fear of clowns. Uh, I've talked about this before. I think this is very intriguing as it relates to screen memory. Helian, helianthophobia, fear of sunflowers. Oh, here's something that I want to bring up. This individual that I'm referencing that kind of turned me on to this idea that you could be afraid of sunflowers. And it's amazing when I searched uh, helianthophobia, how common it is. Not uber common, but it's common enough to, uh, it, it brought up some results for me. But this individual that I, that uh, was sort of the impetus for me looking into this has, I would say about three out of five of the phobias that we're talking about today. She has, she too has a fear of clowns. She has an utter fear of sunflowers. And the third one that I just discovered when I had a phone conversation with her yesterday, drum roll, fear of satellites. Now I'm going to leave it there as a cliffhanger. If you're coming to contact in the desert, I promise you, I'm going to go deeper into what that's all about. This is, this was kind of an epiphany for me, not an epiphany, but just a, a discovery as I just spoke to her yesterday. And uh, she said, Alexis, I, I have to tell you, you know, I'm also uh, s- some of the other phobias that I deal with. And she used to live in Egypt and where there were a lot of, I, I think they call them satellite farms. And she would avoid driving by them at all costs. It just totally uh, astonishes her. And I, I, I won't even go into, I think, what would be the obvious possible correlation between that particular phobia, which, by the way, I don't think has a name. I didn't find that a lot. And some of the images of the craft, namely the uh, classic saucer-shaped craft. There's something very curious going on here, for sure, with with all of these. You you really have to wonder, and again, going back to what I'll be talking about at Contact in the Desert, has to do with the idea of contact between humans and non-human intelligence being far more common than we know. I will say it and say it again. The clues to me are in our face. Uh, There could be millions, perhaps billions, perhaps all of us at some level are having some form of interaction at some point in our life with beings that we call non-terrestrial. The rabbit hole, uh, (laughs) infinitely deep, yes. And will the mystery be fully solved ever? I don't know. But it's something that I think is worth exploring. And uh, that's what uh, indeed, I'll be going into at uh, ad nauseum at Contact in the Desert. And by the way, if you if you come in, I, I hope you'll join me for for both the lecture. Uh, I'll be doing my lecture on Friday, June second, bright and early, not too early. I believe it's like eleven eleven o'clock ish. I'll be flying in from from the East Coast, so hopefully I'll be able to catch up on some sleep and give you a fresh lecture, a fresh presentation. But then on Sunday. Uh, I'll be doing a workshop. And the workshop, I love workshops because they're interactive and I, I really believe in engaging the audience or, or uh, the participants and what we're going to be doing. And in this case, what we're going to be working on is, I'm calling it between two worlds, how to integrate your contact encounters into day-to-day life. We know there are a lot of people struggling. I hear from a lot of you that are uh, sending me notes, Alexis, I, you know, I feel like I don't belong here anymore. Alexis, I, I'm so frightened, more frightened of interacting with other people and letting them know about the experience and the experience themselves. People are dealing with a lot of baggage and a lot of unpacked baggage when it, or, or packed baggage, I should say, 
when it has to do with um, negotiating this landscape and living uh, a normal day-to-day life. And I believe it's not only possible, but uh, absolutely necessary. So the workshop, I've got some great um, some great exercises and um, some great stories to share and some, some advice from others and how they were able to uh, walk literally between two worlds and uh, deal with their encounters um, and, and bring about a bit of equilibrium in their own lives. So, because, you know, as they say, once you see, you cannot unsee. Once you experience, you cannot unexperience, if that's a word. And so we might as well uh, integrate and, and, and live our lives to the fullest we can. So got a lot going on. Contact in the desert, everyone. I'll put a link below. I believe there's still tickets for sale. I, I wouldn't be surprised if this is sold out. Contact has not been live for four years. None of us have been on site at this amazing event. One of my favorite um, of, of all, all year best of, of, of uh, all the conferences, I think, one of the best uh, four years. So uh, it's gonna, I think it's going to be a party for sure. So if, you're, if you haven't made up your mind yet, it, um, think about it. It's in about two weeks. Again, I'll have a link for you below. But in the meantime, thank you so much for joining me and we will talk to you real soon. I hope to see you at contact. Take care, everyone. Bye.